Hey, and welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Jensen Franklin. You know, everybody needs encouragement. You say, well, how do you know who needs encouragement? If they're breathing. And you're going to get encouraged today through God's Word. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open them with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Let's give our praise team a tremendous thank you for, and I know you feel the same way at every one of our campuses. They just usher us in every week. It's amazing. And I want to preach about something a little bit different today, but I believe it's the word of the Lord for this moment in our lives. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10 in verse 1, dead flies putrefy the perfume's ointment and cause it to give a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. I want you to notice the first part of that verse. Dead flies putrefy the ointment. That word ointment would, would be in our vernacular the anointing oil. It was made out of five principles that were given in the book of Exodus, a certain recipe that God gave the measurements that made the anointing oil. And what's interesting in this text to me is when I think of the oil, I can't help but think of that woman in the Bible who took the alabaster box and broke it open. The Bible said the cost was a year's wages. The historians say that she was probably a prostitute, almost certainly, and she used that perfume to draw men to her. But when she met Jesus, she found in one man what she couldn't find in any other man. And she broke open the alabaster box as if to say with the precious ointment is what the scripture calls it. I'll never go back to that life again. I am forever changed. And she filled the room with the fragrance, the scripture said, of that expensive, precious ointment. But in the text that I read to you, it's the opposite. It said that flies had gotten in the ointment that was precious and made it putrid, made it get to a place to where what should have been attracting, instead it was repugnant. And I think we need to understand that the Bible calls Satan the Lord of the flies. That's one of his biblical names, Beelzebub, Lord of the flies. And he said, there's this, these flies and they get in the oil and they make what should be a beautiful fragrance have a stench. There's certain Christians, the way that they present Jesus, instead of attracting people, they repel people. You ever met any Christian like that? It's almost like people run like roaches when they walk in the room because they, they just don't have Something's not right. I just got interested and I started looking and went online and started looking for sermons about flies and 
started researching and listening to everything I could and reading everything I could. And I just want to give you what I think is a spin on this text. That there are certain Christians who, who can get in the, the ointment and it's not any, any more attractive. And I found out that there's a fly family. For example, did you know that there are butterflies and the, uh, the butterfly is the largest of the fly family? It has external beauty. What was interesting, it is the weakest member of the fly family. It looks beautiful outwardly, but it's very weak internally. Externally, everything looks gorgeous and beautiful. Internally, it is devoured by smaller bugs. It has no inner strength. When I think about butterfly Christians, I think about Eli in the Old Testament, the high priest. If you could have seen him in his robe, flowing, burning incense, doing the things in the house of God, he looked beautiful. He looked powerful. He looked amazing, burning the incense, wearing the breastplate with the beautiful stones and the garments white and clean and pressed. Everything looked right on the outside, but inwardly, he was dying. His vision was leaving. The Bible said he was in sin and his family was in sin. It's possible to be a butterfly Christian, to come to church and pretend and act like outside. We, but if you're not growing on the inside, Samson had great times when the spirit came on him and he did powerful, mighty things. But then he laid his head in the lap of Delilah. He was a butterfly. Everybody would have looked and said, what a powerful man of God. What a powerful, powerful person who's walking with God in the anointing. But the truth is flies got in and something internally was not happening that was happening. And it's a lot of show, but not enough glow on the inside. Then interestingly, I found, found another member of the fly. I'm just going to give you three. But I found one that they called the robber fly. I thought, well, I got to preach that one. <laughs> little fly. It's a little fly with big wings that makes a lot of noise. I couldn't believe it. And what it does is it lets the other flies gather food and go back to get some more. And it will swoop in. And they said it makes a lot of noise, a whistling noise all the time, except when it's stealing. And then it gets real quiet. <laughs> and there are robber flies in the church. Malachi chapter three said, will a man rob God? He said, but you've robbed me in tithes and in offerings. And God said, but prove me in this area. He didn't leave it in a negative. He said, prove me in this area and see if you do what I tell you to do. If I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, you won't have room enough to receive it. It'll spill over and spill over and spill over and spill over. But then the third one was the one that really got my interest in the fly family. The mosquito is part of the family. 
of flies. You know what they said? And this is, I don't know why I didn't know this. I guess I knew it. I just don't think about it. I often say a mosquito bit me. We say mosquito, I have a mosquito bite, but technically you don't. They don't have any teeth. They don't have any fangs. All a mosquito has is a long tongue. And it's like a needle. And it goes in. The favorite hymn of the mosquito is nothing but the blood. <laughs> and they stick their tongue in and they're after one thing. Now listen to me. I'm going somewhere, I promise. The mosquito wants to remove the blood. The mosquito wants to take the blood and he uses his tongue to do it. A sharp tongue like a pen, like a needle, and he withdraws the blood that covers. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. A mosquito will draw, uncover, take off the blood, take away the blood, and then go over and infect somebody else with what they got from that one. And if we're not careful, we can do that. But there's a much deeper issue here that I want you to see. Love covers mosquitoes spread. Isaiah said, if I'm going to have a tongue, give me the tongue of the learned. I pray this prayer almost every day of my life. I cannot remember hardly a day that I don't pray the prayer from the book of Isaiah that says, give me the tongue of the learned that I might speak a word in season to him that is weary. It's one of the greatest prayers you could pray over your mouth to say, God, I don't want to have a poison tongue. I don't want to lift the blood off people and then take it and spread everything I hear about hurting broken people. But Lord, if you're going to use, fill me with the fire of the Holy Spirit so that my tongue is something that brings people a word in season. What's interesting is in Florida, in the state of Florida, there are so many resorts there. And of course, the most famous would be the one with the big mouse. And I have to be careful what I say on Facebook. They can pull you for anything. <laughs> so use your imagination. It draws millions of people. They come from all over the world. It's interesting that they have tens of thousands of employees. It's a massive place. But this resort was built, was built on a swamp. Everything that's there had to be built on top of a swamp. And when you go there, you may say a lot of things. You may say, man, that costs a lot of money. You may say, wow, those lines were long. Or you may say it sure was hot. But you will never leave that property saying the mosquitoes were terrible. And it is intentional. It's very intentional. It's built on top of a swamp. It's got mosquitoes all around it. But for some reason, they create in this place, in this property, an atmosphere that is not conducive and not attractive to those insects. Mosquitoes are responsible 
it's according to the Guinness Book of World Records, it's the most deadly animal or insect, and even more deadly than what we think of as deadly animals. It kills a million people a year with its tongue, lifting the blood, taking the blood. It kills more than lions. It kills more than grizzly bears. It kills more than poisonous snakes. It's deadly. It's just a tiny thing. It's just a little thing. And what these resorts with 30,000 hotel rooms surrounding them have learned that if people are going to come on our properties, we've got to be intentional about dealing with this thing whose primary assignment is to remove the blood. I'm trying to say to you that sin and mosquitoes have something in common. They both want to take away the blood. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that draws us near to God. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And sin, like a mosquito, is trying to lift the blood and bring disease and death to our families, to our marriages, to our children, to our dreams, to our hopes. Galatians 5 and 9 said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just a little bitty tiny thing. It's just a little thing. But if you allow it to set up a breeding ground in your life, it will lay its eggs and produce and take and take and try to lift the blood. When we begin to understand that it has to be intentional to fight against that which wants to lift the blood and take the blood. They spray twice a day. Early in the morning, they know that's when it's an optimal time for these insects to feed. And so they spray the whole place, the whole park. They spray it. And then at evening time, it's the optimal time. And they know that that's a time when we really need. So get it now. First thing in the morning, last thing when the sun comes up, first thing when the sun comes up, when the sun goes down, we are intentionally fighting against this. See, the church, the church is kind of built on a swamp, spiritually speaking. We have, we have sinners all around us and we will never be completely free from mosquitoes. But we're in the world, but not of the world. And we have to spray. Well, what's that about? Exodus, the 29th chapter, talks about that in the morning and in the evening, they were to lay the sacrifice on the altar. First thing in the morning, the high priest would put the sacrifice, burn incense. Last thing at the end of the day, he would take another lamb, sprinkle seven times, burn incense. And what he was doing morning and evening mattered. I'm telling you that when we begin to develop a pattern and a habit of taking the word of God and begin to get it into our heart and read it or listen to it on your ride into the work instead of listening to everything else that pulls you down, when you begin to intentionally understand that if my 
If I'm going to make it through the world that I'm living in, I must be willing to fight against certain things that want to get into my life. And they may seem little, but a little leaven leavens the whole lump. They talked about online what would happen, what America or the world would look like if mosquito control was not exercised. They gave a picture of the world and they said, if it's not intentionally limited and controlled, health issues on apocalyptic levels would take place. Announce, uh, they, they, they said that it would be an annoyance like we wouldn't believe we could go nowhere. The whole world would be filled if we did not purposely and intentionally fight those insects that are trying to withdraw the blood. Negative impact on the world's economy. Well, I want to ask you a question. What would the church look like without sin control? And let me ask you a more personal question. What will your home look like and what will your life look like unless you intentionally learn how to fight and burn incense in the morning it's so amazing to me. If I'll just be consistent in the word, pastor, how many chapters do you read a day? I, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It's not about that. It's just taking the time in the morning. God, here I am and just speak to me. It's not how long you do it. It's just the consistency of it. Morning, night, morning, just reach over and pray, plead the blood over your family, plead the blood over your marriage, just to grab those children before they go to bed and pray with them. You would be amazed how that environment in the middle of a swamp becomes comes mosquito, not completely ever will we ever get so holy that anything we can do can kill all mosquitoes. And you'll have a dot here and there every once in a while, but they will not cover you. You won't be their smorgasbord. Take a praise break and I'll keep preaching. I'm going somewhere, I promise. You know that every year, this time of the year, they have a campaign called Fight the Bite. And they encourage people to remind people to be aware. That's what I'm preaching today. You don't just play with sin. You just don't let stuff get in your family and in your life and in your, all in your home and all in your life. You don't play with that. That's why we come to church. We come to church to remind one another. That's why we sing. That's why we pray. Be sober. Be vigilant. Fight the bite. Get your family up and come to church. You know what you're doing sitting here listening to me preach? You're fighting the bite. You know what you're doing when you're opening this book? You know what you're doing when you're having prayer? You turn the TV or the computer off and you just talk about the Lord a little bit. You are fighting the bite. Now, this is what was interesting. They said one of the main things on these resorts that they do is they make sure that there is no standing water, no steel water, because mosquitoes are drawn and attracted to standing water. It's the perfect place for them to deposit their eggs is if the water is not moving. The Bible compares water to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow a river of living water. And if you go on these resorts, what you will see is rivers and you will see water works and you will see water fountains, but you'll never see just stagnant water. 
Water has to always be flowing or you will begin to attract that which wants to lift and take the blood. What I'm preaching to you is I'm concerned after a pandemic that there are millions of Christians who have become stagnant in their walk with Jesus. We become stagnant and stale. And that's where sin begins to breed and reproduce and take over. The best way that we can make sure we're not breeding ground for the eggs of the enemy to be implanted into our family and into our home, the lies of Satan, the best way that we can combat that is to have a move of the Spirit. It's not about just coming to church and hearing a talk. At some point, that's what touched me about last week when we were baptizing people. It was moving to me. I'm a grown man. I'm not a crybaby. I don't cry much. I, I wish I could cry more sometimes. But honestly, when I heard those testimonies, something moved in me. Something's got to happen. You, you can't become a butterfly Christian who just says, yes, I go to church and I go. If you don't move, the, the eggs are going to get planted on still water. We need the moving of the Holy Spirit in this church. I don't want to become a professional preacher. I don't want to ever get up here and lean on some gifting that God has given me. We need the moving of the Holy Spirit. We need the flow in our worship. We need the flow in our preaching. And we need the flow in the pews where we actually get moved and say, I'm going to do more than sit here and take it in. When the Word of God gets to going, Something starts moving, and then it's up to you to respond. The four lepers in 2 Kings said, why sit we here till we die? Man, I feel like preaching now. Here I go. I'm sorry. If you came to visiting, get ready. Here it comes. Free Chapel is not a Stillwater church. This thing was not born in some dead, dry, denominational, religious setting. If we ever lose the moving of the Holy Spirit, we don't have anything to offer a lost it. If we're just like them, we don't have anything to offer. But boy, if we will let the river flow, if we will let the river cleanse, if we will let the river heal. I want the flow back. I don't want steel, stagnant water full of mosquito eggs. Acts 17 said in him, watch this, three things. We live, we move, and we have our being. Sandwiched between we live and we have our being is we move. If you're not having a moving of the Holy Spirit in your life, how long has it been since you got and felt a move of the Holy Spirit on you that you were moved. You were moved with compassion. You were moved by a hunger for the presence of God. What keeps mosquitoes away is the flowing water. What keeps sin away, what keeps sin held at bay 
It's applying the blood of Jesus and praise and worship and burning of the incense morning and evening. That keeps it away. But also refusing to allow the move to die in us. The moving of the river of the Holy Spirit, the moving of the water at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible said there were sick people all around and the angel came and when he troubled the water, it was still and no miracles happened. But when he troubled the water, he took his sword and just stirred the water and the moving of the water produced. They put a man in who was paralyzed and he was instantly healed. Notice that the miracle was in the moving. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but man, when you come to church and all you do is this right here the whole time, you know what you are? You're a stale pool. I don't, I don't mean to get in your business, but really I do. I'm a pastor. This is what I have to do. I sense this church needs a fresh moving of the Holy Spirit. We need it. I need it. You need it. I can't make it off yesterday. I can't live off what God used to do. He is here now. He is a miracle worker now. He can help you now. He can set you free now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I yearn for a move of the Holy Spirit. Everybody take a praise break and move something. Move your hands, move. If you wanna dance, dance. If you wanna jump, jump. But move, move. If you're tired of the buzzing in your ear, move. It may be one raised hand can drive it out of your home. Glory. Tell somebody beside you there's miracle in the movement. We can't, we can't get satisfied. We can't get complacent. We can't live of just coming to church and going through another service. God never let this church get like that. Rather than kill and chase down and try to kill with a fly swat all the, all the adult mosquitoes, why don't we get rid of the still water where they breed and lay their eggs? Turn to somebody and say, that's you. I want to make it unpleasant for, I wrote this down yesterday and I like it. I want to make it unpleasant for devils and demons in my home and in my church and in my personal temple. I can't promise that I won't never get a bite. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to think something, do something. I'm going to do something wrong. But I promise you, I'm not going to be a breeding ground for the enemy. I'm not going to do it. I made up my mind. I've got to have the blood. I've got to have the blood. You know what else? I'm not making this up. Go check me out. You know what else they said? They said the other thing they do in these big parks and resorts is they have hidden fans that blow. They said some of them are as big as buildings. They gave the dimensions, massive fans, and they're constantly blowing because a mosquito can only fly uh, one and a half miles per hour. And if the wind is blowing, I feel like preaching. If the water is flowing, why are you smiling? Because I'm enjoying my own preaching. This is bad. I don't even care if you enjoy it. Because I know I'm preaching the truth. Let the wind blow and let the river flow. 
and you won't have to worry about a lot of things we're wrestling with and dealing with. We need to get those eggs out of our head. Why are you screaming? I don't know. They said they, des they designed the buildings on purpose. You know, they have a rule, not, 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 over, not 200 feet or over. So every building on those places are 199 feet. Because if they go uh, to 200 or more, then uh, that's aviation, you know, lights, and they don't want that on Mickey's palace <laughs> or Minnie's palace. Let me correct that. <laughs> The buildings are designed on purpose to ensure water cannot collect anywhere on the roof or that building in any nook or cranny. And as soon as a storm passes through and it happens often in that area, you see the employees come out with these little broom things and they're pushing the puddles off pushing the puddles off the property. Get them out of here. If we hurry up, hurry up. The mosquitoes are coming. That's intentional. That's what I'm doing. I'm up here with a Holy Ghost broom and I'm pushing it out. I'm saying, we, you can't let that breeding ground. It's just a little thing, pastor. It's just a little thing, but if you can't handle it and if it's getting bigger and bigger and taking more and more and more and you feel more and more and more distant from God, at some point you need to get the broom out. Disney, whoops. <laughs> Please don't take me off. <laughs> These parks. When I, when, I, when I think about, he said, your body is my building. Your body is my temple. Be intentional about not letting the enemy set up little puddles where there's still water. Because it may seem like a little thing, but a little leaven leavens a whole lump. And I want you to be intentional to fight that bite. I want you to be intentional to stand up against what you know is wrong. And I can't promise you if you've got a an addiction or something that you won't ever, ever, ever be tempted ever again. That's not going to happen till we get to heaven. And all of us have that, by the way, all of us, nobody in here is walking around. Those little things coming out of the, your back are not angels wings. That's your shoulder blades. Don't act so holy. You butterfly. Yes. Preach it to them and you're weak inside. And when you're weak, my point is, that's when you need to get fresh sacrifice. That's when you need to say, God, I need a move. I've got to have a fresh move. The thing that I want to close with is when I read Ecclesiastes 10, it said dead flies are in the ointment and I got a streak of joy that went through me. I've never seen it like this. I always read that as kind of like a negative thing. And I even preached it at the beginning as a negative thing. But the more I thought about it, dead flies in the ointment. The thing that I can guarantee will kill the flies. 
every one of them in the fly family is fresh oil. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the anointed one. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he is anointed. And I feel that anointing here this morning. I feel it. I feel it. Psalms 92. Everybody read it out loud. Psalms 92. Now I like the first part. They highlight the second part, but being a saxophone player, that's my favorite right there. But my horn, you will exalt like a wild oats. One translation said like a unicorn. So that don't mean nothing to you. But here, I have been anointed. Come on, say it out loud, big and bold. I have been anointed with what? Fresh oil. And what does the oil do to the flies? They get, if they do mess up and come in here, their wings get in it and they get sticky. And before you know it, they're wallowing around. And before you know it, they die. Oh, I believe, I believe that the anointing destroys the yoke, the prophet Isaiah said, and lifts the heavy burden. Don't you want it? You know, I heard somebody say that they have chicken coops on the property of these resorts. I'm not talking about your house. We're definitely in Georgia. Chicken coops on the property. They do this behind fences. You don't see it when you're walking around riding the rides and stuff, but they have chicken coops with chickens in it because chickens have a resistance to diseases that these insects spread. But they can tell an area of the park that needs special attention by constantly checking the blood of the chicken. And if they see a problem that's in his, in his blood, they will, they will give special emphasis to that area. We need to sweep a little more. We need to check, make sure we don't have any stagnant water. Have we got enough wind blowing over here? So, you know, the wind goes to Acts chapter two. And on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one mind and one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing. And that poor mosquito, he's trying to fly at you, but here comes the wind, and here comes the flow of the water. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Wind and flowing river coming at him. Jesus said, Simon, you're so full of pride and you don't even know it. Simon, Peter, he said, Lord, watch him throw the other ones right under the bus. He said, Lord, the others may deny you, but I will never deny you. Jesus said something funny, strange. He said, before the, before the rooster crows, I'm trying to give you a warning I'm trying to tell you, but you're not listening, that you got an area of your life that the enemy is trying to lift the blood and, 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 and put his larva and his eggs in that situation. I close with this, I promise. This is the last closing. Psalms 23. <laughs> Thou anointest 
my head with oil. What does that mean? When the sheep would graze, they would eat. The flies would fly around. And if they're not careful, they lay their eggs in their ears. The mosquitoes would lay their eggs, the flies, the mosquitoes would lay their eggs in their ears and it would drive them insane. So the shepherd, when he sees one struggling, will take oil and pour it on the head because there was something in the oil that was repugnant to those insects and particularly to serpents because their nose was down and it would cause them to back up. That is the picture that the psalmist David said, he anoints your head, your thinking. Don't we need, don't we realize the battleground? We're fighting depression, discouragement, fear, worry, anxiety. But the Lord says, I promise you, I've got the weapon that kills all those flies. It's called, I shall anoint your head with oil. Your mind can have peace. You don't have to be bound by depression and fear and discouragement in the past and guilt and shame. But he anoints you with something that kills the flies, dead flies in the ointment. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends, join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the Free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. God bless you and we'll see you next week.